I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you today because this is the day that you have made and we have chosen to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for mothers here at Word of Truth Family Church and those across the world who have sacrificed their own lives for the lives of their family, their children. And I pray today, Father, for a special blessing to be upon every mother. And I pray that the word that is shared today will not only encourage and strengthen them, but, Father, the principles and promises from the word today will be able to help anybody in their lives. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, for using me as an oracle to speak what God wants them to hear in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is so good to see so many mothers in the house and I see some of my I don't know they were babies when I knew them and now my babies have babies amen happy mother's day to everybody so if you're watching us uh I normally don't do what I'm about to do typically when I'm in the middle of a series then I just continue teaching the series regardless of what season it is in But I am going to interrupt the series to give you all a message that is specifically uh, for this occasion, which is Mother's Day. Now, if you're not a mother, still stay tuned in to me because what you hear will definitely benefit you in some way or you can pass the information down. So if you have your notes and if you don't have some physical notes with you in the house, if you'll raise your hand and our ushers will give you a copy of the notes today. But if you have your notes and you're following me online, the message title is Godly Advice to Godly Mothers. Godly Advice to Godly Mothers. And here's the goal of the message today. It's to provide mothers and those who are listening spiritual and practical advice So that will help you not only be a better person and a a better parent, but it will help you be a better mother as well. Amen. Now, as a pastor, I believe if someone's going to give me some advice, it needs to be biblically based and it needs to be based on God's promises. And so all of the principles, uh, and I'm going to call these advice principles. Everybody say advice principles. These are advice principles for mothers. And so I only have four principles today. And if you all are a good class of mothers, I'll get through all, all four of them. All right. So here's advice principle number one as a mom. Never let the commotion hinder your devotion. Everybody say never let the commotion hinder your devotion. In other words, never allow your responsibilities as a mother To replace your priority of being a worshiper of God. I'm going to say that one more time. Never let your responsibilities of a mother 
Replace your priority of being a worshiper of God. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to take pretty much one set of texts. And we're going to talk about a lady named Lydia. And Lydia is not a real known lady in the Bible per se. But we're going to look at her life. And every piece of advice I give you today is going to come out of the life of Lydia. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 16 verses 13. Because it's centered around this woman named Lydia. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was being made. We sat down and spoke unto the women which resorted there. Verse 14 says, and a certain woman, everybody say she was a certain woman. A certain woman named Lydia. She was a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira. Which worshipped God. Everybody say she worshipped God. She worshipped God and she heard us. So please notice the first two things that this, you know, the text says about this woman. The first thing it says is that she was a seller of purple. In other words, this meant that this woman was a businesswoman. She was an entrepreneur. Say amen to that. She actually fits the description of the Proverbs 31 woman. But the second thing it said about this woman was that she was a worshiper of God. That's incredible. I mean, she could not have let her business, or I'm going to say as a mom, busyness, override her worshiping because they were mentioned together. Can you imagine when people meet you and you're being introduced by a friend and they say to to them, hey, she's a businesswoman, but she's a worshiper. See, most people can say, oh, she's a great businesswoman. But the question is, can they say she's a worshiper? Well, this lady was introduced in the Bible as a entrepreneur and as a worshiper. Now, She didn't work so much and so hard that she didn't have time to worship. And sometimes as moms, the responsibilities of being a mother can sometimes override the necessities of worship. And sometimes as moms, worshiping can be a challenge. So here's the question. How did they know that Lydia was a worshiper of God unless they saw her do that? In other words, Lydia's worship wasn't just personal worship. It had to be corporate worship because they would not have been able to see her worship or say that she worshiped unless they saw her. Amen. And worshiping corporately can be a chore in itself as a mom because you have to get the kids ready. Come on now. You have to get them something to eat. Then you have to get them to dress. Then you have to comb the hair. And you know what? If you're like my little one now in London... London likes choices when she gets dressed. London wears a uniform. It's the same thing. But for some reason, they don't feel the same every day. The only choice London really has are socks. But London can take four different sets of socks. Take them off. That one don't feel right. <laughs> then she take off that one. And see, I'm very patient. I'm very patient. I let her go. Now, when number four comes, I say, okay, whatever number four is, you got to stick with it. <laughs> Mommy comes up and, hey, it's one. It's one. It's nothing. <laughs> right? 
So sometimes coming to worship can be a challenge. So here's a take-home thought. Everybody say, hmm. Never let the creation cause you to mismanage your time with the creator. I'm going to say that again. Never let the creation, never let lunch, never let homework, never let getting hair done, never let none of that. Never let the creation cause you to mismanage your time with the creator. Here's advice principle number two. Did y'all get that one? Here's advice number two. You say, ooh, we're moving on real good. I know we are. Here we go. Let's do it. Your heart is God's home. Keep an open house. I'm going to say that again. Your heart. Everybody say my heart. Your heart is God's home. Keep an open house. In other words, always maintain a pliable and open a soft heart so that God can open it and use it. Do you know God can only use an open heart? And this is why giving in a lot of cases doesn't work for people because God can't put some things in people's hands because their hands are closed. Well, the same thing works with the heart. God can only put things that he wants inside in an open heart. In Acts chapter 16, it talks about what kind of heart Lydia had. It says, and a certain woman named Lydia, we read that, a seller of purple, who was from the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. She heard us, read this with me, church, whose heart, come on church, whose heart the Lord, the Lord opened her heart. And as a mom, your heart is where your life flows from. Proverbs 4.23, we know what it says. It says, keep your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flows the issues of life. I love the, the New Living Translation says, guard or keep or protect your heart above all else. Why? Because it determines the course of your life. Amen. The enemy is not after your kids. He's not after your home. He's not after your husband. As much as he is after your heart. Because if your heart goes bad in any of those areas right there, your home is now going away. So I'm about to say something real strong. Look at your neighbor and say, this has caffeine in it. Go on and tell him. Go on and tell him. This has caffeine in it. The enemy and life experiences is after your heart. Because your heart controls your perspective of your past. Your heart impacts your faith position and viewpoint of your present. And your heart influences your faith to believe for your future. I'm going to say that again. The enemy and life experiences is after your heart because your heart controls your perspective of your past. And this is why many people still function in trauma because trauma is nothing but items and issues and experiences and troubles and trials and pain that I haven't let go of. But you can't let go of something like that until you use your faith to do it. Because faith says, God is for me. Who can be against me? Faith says, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Faith says that God will work it all together for my good. That's what faith says. But if your heart is stuck in the past, amen, the enemy is after your heart. Because your heart controls the perspective of your past. Your heart impacts your faith uh, in the present position right now. And your heart influences your faith to believe. Everybody say faith comes from the heart. 
The New Living Translation of uh, Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, and watch this, believe where, church? In your heart. Verse 10 says, for it is by believing where, church? In your heart that you are made right with God. Faith controls your past. Your faith impacts your present. And it definitely influences your future. A damaged heart causes a damaged life. And that's why the Bible talks about a scorned woman. Man, let me tell you something. You make a lady mad. You better get some life insurance. (laughs) Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a very wise woman. There's not a whole lot to be said about Mary. But she was a wise woman because, listen, she didn't understand why Jesus may have done all the things that she did. However, she didn't let her misunderstanding or not understanding of what he did or was going to do. She didn't let that contaminate her heart. Because sometimes when we don't have all the answers or we feel a certain type of way, then we open our mouths and begin to say things we shouldn't say because we don't understand. Mary didn't do that. So let me read now in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read something, but let me give you the context. The context is, this is when the shepherds were coming to Jesus to uh, to see him being born. And so the angels appeared to them. And so now we pick up the story in Luke chapter 2 verse 16. It says, and they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad, the shepherds did, saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that, that, that heard it wondered at the things which were being told by them, by the shepherds. But Mary, watch this church, she kept all these things and she pondered them in her heart. Although she may not have completely known and understood the magnitude of what Jesus would do, she didn't let her heart take these things in a bad way. Remember when Jesus showed up missing? He had went to the temple and was there for three days. And if you continue to read, it says, and Mary pondered those things in her heart. What a wise woman, because we all know in 2023, Jesus would have got a whooping. We all know that. (laughs) We all know. Come on now. How many would have whooped Jesus? Go on and raise your hand. You didn't know he was a savior. No, he was gone for three days. That's all. Just three people. Y'all lying. On Mother's Day. You're lying on Mother's Day. Look, you didn't even come home when the street lights came on and you got a whooping. And you gone three days? Oh, no. Jesus would have got a whooping in 2023. She pondered those things in her heart. In other words, watch this church. Watch this. Watch this now. She didn't put her mouth on what she didn't understand. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, watch this. Jesus said, oh, generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance, listen, church, listen, moms, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But he says, but I say unto you that every idle word, empty word, a word without purpose, That men speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you are justified and by your words you are condemned. Your heart is the source of your words. Your heart, listen moms, is the place where God speaks to you. 
Your heart is the place where you serve him. Your heart is the place where you serve others. And this is why it's so important to keep your heart straight. Do you know how your ex treats you? It's not important enough to contaminate your heart where your faith comes from. Colossians 3.23 says, and whatsoever you do, mom, tying shoes and going to Target and Target. (laughs) He says, whatever you do, do it from the heart. He says, do it heartily as a to who? See, what you don't understand as a mom, these children are an assignment. The moment, listen, the blessing of the, the Bible says children are a heritage or a blessing from the Lord. Listen, the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. So the moment now you feel like, oh my God, I'm tired of these children. I don't, why did I have these children? The moment you say that the blessing he gave you is now a burden, it will not be a blessing. It said the blessing of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. You should not be sorrowful that you had children. I'm not saying they don't stress you out. I'm not saying they won't give you trouble. I'm not saying they won't make you upset. They're going to do all of that and some more. But never ever have a hard attitude that they're not a blessing. Say amen to that. Everybody say, my heart matters. All right, here's advice principle number three. We only have one more after this. But see, here's the one that I'm going to labor on right here. Because this is the one that I feel affects moms the most. So just look at your neighbor and say, you need to listen to this point. Make the spiritual condition of your home just as important as the physical provisions of your home. I'm going to say, look at your neighbor and say, he talking to you. Then look at the other neighbor and say, I told you he was talking to you now. I'm talking to you online too. Make the spiritual condition of your home just as important as the physical provisions of your home. It's so easy to make sure children have lunches. They go to their events. They get their homework done. They get their clothes ironed. They get their teeth brushed. All of those things are important. However, the spiritual influence and presence that you have as a mother is important. Lydia had a spiritual influence in her home. Let's read about it. Because watch this now. Spiritual influence is not just what you say. But it's the example that you display. Come on, y'all give me a better hand clap than that. Give me a better hand clap than that. I stayed up too long for this. No, I'm just playing. I'm going to say it again. Spiritual influence is not just what you say, but it's the example that you display. Acts chapter 16, verse 14. I'm going to start in the section where it says, whose heart the Lord opened, because we know we're talking about Lydia. It says, whose heart the Lord opened. Watch this now, church. That she attended or listened to the things which were spoken of Paul. Watch verse 15. And when she was what, church? Come on, church. Come on, church. When she was baptized, what's the next word? What's the next word? 
How many grew up on that song? Conjunction, junction, what's your... How many raise your hand if you, you know that, huh? You old, that's why. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you got to be over 40. You got to be. You got to be over 40 to know that song. And all of millennials like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it says, and when she was baptized and, read it with me, her household. Notice now, church, she was baptized first. She was baptized first. See, your time as a mom with Jesus is so important because when you miss a meal from being at Jesus' feet, your soul will starve. And then you'll start acting up. How many acted up as a mother? Acted up. How many acted up as a person? Just acted up. Just just acted up. Got out on the wrong side of the bed. Just acted up for no reason. Your kids come in the room. Get out. Didn't I tell you not to come back in here? Mama, the house on fire. <laughs> The story of Mary and Martha to me is a great example of what happens when you don't sit long enough to get fed by Jesus. Luke chapter 10 verse 30 says, And now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Whose house was it, church? It was Martha's house, verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. And she did what? She heard his word. Where was Mary sitting? At Jesus' feet. What was she doing? Hearing his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Get up and tell her to help me. Verse 41, and Jesus answered, said, Martha, Martha, I love Jesus. No matter how upset you are, Jesus is so calm. The disciples were in the boat. The boat was being filled with water because it looked like it was a hurricane or something. And he was in there asleep. And they woke him up and said, Master, don't you care? We're going to perish. And he says, peace, be still. Such a calm man. I believe Jesus would make a lot of us mad. Because he's so calm. Jesus, did you, did you see what they did to me at work? Martha, Martha. <laughs> he says, Martha, you're so careful and troubled about many things. But one thing, if I say one thing, one thing is needful. He didn't say it was a choice. He said, this is what you need. And Mary has chosen that good part. And here's the thing about what Mary chose. It will never be taken away from her. Now let me le- ne- read the new li- uh, the living Bible because I like this. And we're almost finished and it's 1017. God is good, ain't he? Watch this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him them into her home. Because see, what you don't understand is Martha was concerned with the details. See, we read this and we think that Martha was only cooking dinner for Jesus. But Jesus always had a posse with him. He had a game. 
We read it before. It said it was 12 of them and they were coming. So she wasn't just feeding them. So I got, listen, I get it, Martha. I get it. So verse 39 says her sister sat on the floor listening to Jesus as he talked. But I like this. But Martha was the jittery type. She was a jittery type. She, I gotta do this. We gotta do this. Oh, gotta do this. Oh, oh, She was a jittery type. Always doing something. Can't sit still. She was a jittery type. Look at your neighbor and say, I think you that type. Go on and tell him. Can't sit in the chair. Can't even sit in the chair. We haven't been here for 45 minutes yet. She was a jittery type. And she, listen now, she was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Because this is the attitude that comes upon you as a mother when you don't spend some time with Jesus. When you find yourself irritated, situated, upset, fussing, and nothing can be right. Soon you wake up and you don't even thank God for your kid. You look, hey, hey, Junior, come pick this up. Didn't I tell you to pick that up last night? No good morning, Junior. No, I love you, Junior. Junior! But the Lord said to you, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There is only really one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and I won't take it away from her. Everybody say this after me. Say, don't let the physical things become more important than the spiritual things. I'm going to say it again. Don't let the physical things become more important than the spiritual things. Now, listen now. It doesn't say that Lydia was married. Okay, it doesn't say that. But we definitely know that she had children because it said her household. So let's say Lydia was a single mother. How many single mothers in the house? Single mother, single mother, raise your hand. Oh, all right. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, Yes. She didn't let her single state interfere with her spiritual state. She didn't. She did not use her excuse as a single mother of why she couldn't get Johnny and the gang to church on Sunday. Amen. Let's say she was married. Let's, Let's play with that one. Let's say she was married. Her example led the way for her husband to get baptized. Because it says she got baptized first and then her household. Amen. Listen to the New Living Translation of 1 Peter 3. This is for the married women and the ones who want to be. It says in the way, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husband. See, some of y'all just don't even like that word right there. Somebody's got to be in charge. See, that's your problem. You said, I am. That's the problem. That is your problem. 
He says, then, even if some, talking about men, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. Here's what's interesting, because there are going to be times your husband ain't going to want to listen. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's just how we are. We don't want to listen sometimes. <laughs> Me too. What you talking about? Oh, so listen. This week, right? I'm going to let y'all in our house, right? Because <laughs> y'all already know how I am. So, uh, so this week, you know, uh, first lady. You know, she's like me. She's a contemplator. She's going to think about something before she talks about it. So she didn't already thought about this. And so she comes to me and she says, uh, babe, I need you to consider something. I said, what is it? So she has me to come and sit at the kitchen table. So I'm like, "Uh oh, <laughs> what kind of talk are we about to have to consider? So I sit down with the first lady and she scoots the chair right up to my knees. Like we're at a therapy session. I'm like, okay. <laughs> then she grabs my hand in my arm and starts rubbing it and says, really, really sweet. Repeat after me. Now, I don't know what I'm about to say, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and say it in faith. She says, say, my mind is alert. <laughs> you see what she's doing, right? I said, my mind is alert. She said, my heart is receptive. I said, my heart is receptive. She says, my ears are open. I said, my ears are open. And she says, and you're not going to go to sleep. Because I'll go to sleep on you. Uh, No, I won't go to sleep. And she says, honey, I'd like to do a staycation for you for your birthday. My birthday's next week. And I said, okay. And she says, why don't you just ask one of your pastors to preach? And so that day is free for you. I said, that sounds great. I said, let's not go to church at all. (laughs) No, I'm telling you. Am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth. I said, let's not go to church at all. Let's be like some of our members and just log on. (laughs) If they can log on, we can log on. She's like, no, we have to go to church. Now, see, she was raised. They went to church, missionary school, Bible school, Bible study, choir practice, because her her dad's a pastor. I don't like all that church. So I was like, I said, "Let's, let's not go to church. She said, no, we can't do that. She said, because the people might want to be a blessing to you when you go to church on that Sunday to celebrate your birthday. I said, well, no. (laughs) I said, because that's what October is for. That's Value the Visionary Month. They get an opportunity to sow and show how much they appreciate me as a pastor. She says, can I help you? (laughs) But as sweet as she can be, it's driving me crazy. (laughs) She's too sweet, I can't get mad. No, baby, can I help you? She says, that's appreciating you as a pastor. Your birthday is appreciating you as a person. How many know I couldn't resist that? Give the first lady in the house a big hand clap for putting up with the pastor. 
So let me read the Bible. I have to hurry up. Wives. <laughs> oh, there it is right there. Take a picture of it right now. Take a picture of it right there. It says, wives, I'm in First Peter chapter 3, the living Bible says, wives, fit in, your husband, fit in with your husband's plans. For then if they refuse to listen when, they, when you talk to them about the Lord, they will be won by your respectful, pure behavior. Your godly lives will speak to them better than any words. So here's some advice real quick. If your husband ain't listening, let your life do the talking. I believe Lydia's belief in Jesus influenced the way she raised her kids, the way she raised, uh, functioned in her home. And it's clear the Bible tells us to train a child in the way that they should go. So when they get old, they want to depart. The message translation of that verse says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. So if your children are grown, how many children are grown? How many children are grown? Okay, I'm about to give you some advice that's going to change your life and make you free. Never let the poor decisions of your aged children cause you to feel embarrassed or responsible. I'm going to say that again. Never let the poor decisions of your aged children cause you to feel embarrassed or responsible. You have to let them feel the consequences of their choices or you will cripple them in life. One of the things that an eaglet does after she has and hatches the eggs, she has to let the little eaglet inside peck their way out so they can get strong enough so by the time they get out, they have enough strength to fly. Amen. The prodigal son's dad let him leave and he did not rescue his son from consequences. And I'm talking to some women this morning and I'm talking to some moms online that you are, uh, you're shielding your children from the consequences of their choices and it's crippling them. I'm not saying be there when they come back home because the prodigal son's dad was there. But it wasn't until the son repented to God, repented to them or him and was able to move on. Say amen to that. Here's another bit of here's a take home statement or take home thought. Let intercession over conversation be your biggest weapon of warfare. Let intercession over conversation be your biggest weapon of warfare. Because sometimes your kids don't want to listen. So why waste your breath? Why don't you go before God? Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 in the New Living New uh, NIV translation says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let, listen, he says, be not, be not anxious for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say everything. everything. By prayer and supplication or petition with thanksgiving, present your request be to God. Watch verse 7. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's my last advice principle number four. Serving should never be an option. It should be viewed as a necessity. I'm going to say it again. Serving should never be an option. It should be viewed as a necessity. In Acts chapter 16 verse 15, we're closing it right here. It says, and when she, Lydia, was baptized and her household, she besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She was a servant. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to keep and to give his life as a ransom 
for many. I'm closing with this. Never let your status as a mother keep you from serving Jesus, his church, and his people. Did y'all get something out of the message this morning? Give the Lord a hand clap. So how do we apply the word today? I'm going to give you the words of Nike. Just do it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Here's my question to you. Maybe you're here today, whether you're a mother or not. Maybe you're watching today. Maybe you're a mother or not. Here's my question. If you died, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?